Hello everyone, welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is one of them Rioteers reviews that we occasionally do for our good friends over at patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast from our Patreon page, just want to say, man, come on, come in, give us a hug. Give Aww. us a big old hug. It's nice. Oh, that's nice. Nice and warm. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, oh dear. <laughs> had an wow. accident, sorry. Uh, you've got very excited for a pound, haven't you? <laughs> you've got, your, got your pounds worth, haven't you? Um, yeah, so uh, my name's Stephen Hill, by the way. His name's Renfrey Deadman. Uh, we should have introduced ourselves yeah. before giving yeah. you that big hug. We're literally whoring ourselves out to you by the sounds of it at the moment, but yeah. that's fine. Um, uh, if you aren't listening to that, uh, this on, on, on our Patreon page, give us back that hug, you shit. <laughs> You cheap bastard. You can't just have a hug for no money. Um, God. Is this the weirdest start to these? Yeah, it's really weird, 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 isn't it? Uh, yeah, so um, if you listen to our Patreon page, thank you for the contribution that you have made. Um, and if you haven't, then maybe you should... You should go over there and do that because this has been out for a long time. Maybe you should go over there and fucking do that. (laughs) Maybe you should fucking sort yourself out. When people do that, they uh, suggest records. We've got a massive long list of albums, Renfrey and I, that we have to get through uh, for our patrons, listen to the records and then dissect them in our own inimitable style, which is what we're about to do today with a suggestion from uh, the lovely Max Ellis. Hello, Max. Cheers, buddy. We appreciate your contribution to the podcast. And you, I and and I appreciate, I can just looking at the list here, actually, at least four really fucking brilliant suggestions. Yeah, Max, your suggestions are fucking great. Are really, really good. We will do them all at some point. Definitely we'll do them all. We're going to start with... Mark Lanigan's Bubblegum mm. is what we're going to be chatting about Great choice. today. Mark Lanigan, uh, Bubblegum, uh, is his 2004 album, uh, which came out on the, the 10th of August 2004, in fact. Um, Renfrey, you and I speak about Mark Lanigan and the Screaming Trees and all the other various things that the he's Gar-twins, done. The Twins, Isabel yep. Campbell and Mark Lanigan. Uh, his appearance on the Mark Morton album. <laughs> yeah, do, which actually, is the best thing he's done do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talk about Martin Lanigan a lot yeah because because uh, he's gravelly voiced and brilliant yes he is good <laughs> he Mark is Lanigan. good yeah, yeah very good tune in next week um, <laughs> but Mark Lanigan is is is, a, is I would say whoa, in the top maybe in my top 10 favourite ever vocalists ever Nice. I think I think the amount of people who want to collaborate with him, you know, I mean, Queens of the Stone Age brought him on at at their peak. Um, mm. You know, uh, he's done stuff with Duke Garwood as well. Of course, I missed that we out. Did. Yeah, we we, we reviewed yeah. that album last year. Brilliant time. album it's with really animals. Good, yeah, yeah. Um, Isabel Campbell. You know, from Bell and Sebastian. Bell and Sebastian. Like, mm-hmm. just the range of people who want to work with him. Yeah. Uh, is testimony to what a brilliant, brilliant vocalist he is. Mm. He is amazing at conveying um, darkness. Yeah, basically. Been through a lot. Hasn't He's he, been Martin? through a lot, and you can As hear many it. Of his peers have. Yeah, but you can hear it in his voice. You can hear it in every syllable. And actually, this is a very um, good record to talk about his voice because actually, I would say, I'm jumping straight in. I would say that his voice. Has always sounds good, but it, this is a record where it, it, it is pinnacle 
mm. Lanigan in terms mm. of how his voice sounds. If if someone didn't know who Mark Lanigan was yep. and asked me to play them a one track um, to give an idea of why he's such a great vocalist, I would play them the first song on this record. Yeah. Because it's so, it's very, it's a very simple composition and a very simple arrangement, purposefully, I believe. Um, and it, it just showcases his voice amazingly. The first line is like, did you call for the, the night, Porter? And it oh is God, we've so... butchered Mark Lanigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I mean, called... You say butchered, I say bettered. Um, but <laughs> not many we'll Take people. a vote on that, won't we? <laughs> That'll be the next Twitter vote. Brilliant. <laughs> cool. Um, but it's so, like, if you're not sucked in by that, you either have no soul or Mark Lanigan's not for you. Yes, uh, I would suggest there's no either either. <laughs> Mark Lanigan may not be for you, but you don't have a soul. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's When Your Number Isn't Up. That's the first track that's we should have it. said. That's it. It was cool. Um, yeah, this album uh, is... Um, I mean, I was actually going to talk about Mark Lanigan's peers because, oh, yeah. uh, you know, obviously when you talk about darkness, he's from Seattle. He came through the Seattle scene. You know, his peers would be... Kurt Cobain, they would Lane be Staley. Lane Staley, they would be Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, Andrew Wood, Eddie Vedder. Vedder, yeah, yeah. That is some serious talent in yeah. terms of a place and time. One of the best, one of my favourite interviews I've ever done. I've only been doing kind of phone interviews and, and features for, for Metal Hammer for two months, maybe. Okay. Two, three months. And I did a chat with Mike McCready. Oh. Uh, about um mad season guitarist of pearl jam yes. god i didn't even mention mad season mm. mad season for those who don't know is a, a super group um consisting of um it's mike mccready mike mccready and lane staley uh, drummer of, yes mm. uh and the drummer of screaming trees right it's barrett martin isn't it mm. yeah. and who else is in it uh i can't remember off the top of my head who played bass was it Jeff oh, and Men? That's going to annoy me. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Jeff and Men, was it? Anyway, yeah, I can't remember. I, it's not that important. No. <laughs> Phenomenal record, But it's though. a very, very good yeah. record. And they kind of remastered it, and they did a few yeah. newer tracks with Mark Lanigan. And one of the so things good. I was talking to um, Mike McCready about was saying, you know, obviously he'd worked with Chris Cornell on Temple of the Dog. He'd worked with uh, extensively with Eddie Vedder, obviously, being in Pearl Jam with him. Uh, he worked with Lane Staley, and he'd worked with Mark Lanigan. And I said to him, you know, like, who of those four incredible vocalist do you think is the best he picked eddie vedder because he's like that eddie's my brother and i have to pick him he's in my band and blah blah blah. but he went on to describe in great detail uh the kind of the 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 abilities and the qualities of each individual vocalist and he said to me that mark lanigan was the most effortless of those people mark lanigan was the person who walked in and just when he spoke, it sounded like music. Um, and in fact, that's exactly what he said. That is the exact thing that he said. Now I'm remembering it back. He um, he said, Mark Lanigan just needs to open his mouth and it's it's music. Not mm. even that it's singing. He's like, mm. it's actually music. One of the most expressive and um, unique and lived in voices mm. in the history of, of music, I think. Yeah. So expressive. It's, it's just... 
it's phenomenal and you know like mike mccready says and he said it so he's input he know he knows he must be right um just really really unique you know uh i would take mike mccready's word as gospel frankly. i would take um, mike mccready's word as gospel as so, well yeah because he can play guitar better than you can <laughs> yeah he can i don't uh, care who's listening to this he eddie, can play guitar better than you eddie van halen's at home going, oh <laughs> really um uh but yeah uh this record is um I think this was the second Mark Lanigan band or Mark Lanigan album that I that I heard because I heard Scraps at Midnight, and you know I was I'm a massive massive fan of Screaming Trees. I remember yep. getting Dust. Dust is one of my favourite records yep. ever. Um, but I got Scrap. Maybe it was because I was into new metal and stuff. I was getting into new metal and hardcore and stuff, and I wasn't massively keen on Scraps at Midnight. It's not an album that I go back to that much, funnily enough, as a Mark Lanigan record, even though it was critically acclaimed as most of the things that he does is. Uh, yep. What's your um, What was your entry point into Mark Lanigan's back catalogue and um, where did this one come in alongside it? That's a really good question. Um, in terms of his solo work, this might, or Mark Lanigan band, if we're going to be pedantic, mm. this might have been the first one I heard, you know? Really? It was either this or Field Songs. It would have been something around that time. Um, but yeah, it would have been something... Oh, God, I, 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 I don't remember is, is, uh, but is the honest answer. But it was, <laughs> it was something from this period. And certainly it was likely to be this one because this is, in terms of his solo stuff, the most commercial... Um, one he's done in this terms bubblegum is, is, bubble is, is the, the the closest he's had to a hit i believe in his yeah as a solo artist. in the terms of um it, well referring to hit the city um yeah with pj harvey with pj harvey which peaked at a pretty pathetic really 76 in the yeah, uk yeah. singles chart yeah. which you know it, but he's not you know he's not a chart artist he's not a chart he, artist like, and he's not yeah but i don't know man i mean i just i, I feel like so in 2004, in amongst the, you know, the the revival of garage rock mm. with the strokes and the hives and the blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, there did seem to be an appetite for, you know, great rock, you know, voices and, and sounds. And it's with PJ Harvey. And you would think that, you know, to me, Mark Lanigan had more than paid his dues. Oh, yeah. uh, through Screaming Trees and with his first couple of solo albums for this to be a bigger hit than it was. I mean, I think this album is his most commercially successful yeah, album. Yeah, it will be. It I'm will pretty be. sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't in the charts anyway. No, 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 no. Um I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. Obviously, you know, Mark Lanigan and I, I'd associate with rock music, but would you call this a rock album? I think it's got the kind of the 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 bass lines mm-hmm. and the you know it's Rancho de Luna. So mm-hmm. again, um, you got Chris Joss and Alan Johannes in the production chair alongside Mark Lanigan during a time while where Queens of Stone Age were you know, had really crossed over. Yeah, a couple of yeah. years after Songs of the Death and um you know, that was happening and, and Mark Lanigan was a very, very well established part of Queens of Stone Age at that point. I thought with 
the names that are attached to this record, Izzy Stradlin, PJ Harvey, Chris Goss. That's crazy, the um, amount of people on this record. Greg Duffer Dill. Kagan. Greg yeah. Dilley's on it, yeah. Um, and Nick Olivieri and Josh Homme from Queens of Stone Age. There's, there's a lot of people who actually appear on this record that, you know, I mean, that, again, testament to Mark Lanigan and the, you know, the, the, the pool that he has and the people that want to work with him. Like, he's a fucking, you know, he's he always gets really really like we've already spoken about really interesting collaborators who are dying to work with him yeah uncle we haven't spoken he was on the uncle album of course as well. yeah so yeah. you know again really really different um there's a very desert sessions vibe to this album isn't yeah. there and for those who don't know the desert sessions are kind of i guess is it josh homie it is josh homie's yeah it's like, josh's like side project type thing well it's his i don't know if side projects even the word no, it's his, right. his um it's a it's a collective yeah it's yeah. a bit like i guess um the church of ra yes Eamon Ra do. yes really i've picked something that is way less famous <laughs> to describe something that is more <laughs> really i mean i think it certainly <laughs> started whether it you know ended being this or not i don't know but it certainly started as kind of josh homie and others uh as an excuse to go into the desert take lots of drugs and write an album basically yeah um and the material's very rough and ready um usually it's kind of all over the place with those desert sessions mm. um but a lot of the songs a lot of the queens of the stone age songs became kind of were, were written as those desert sessions and then sort of remade and redone and worked on more for queens of the stone age so yeah. like make it with chew used to be a desert session song it did yeah i prefer go with the flow. yeah i think i do as well actually mm. i think go with the flow was as well i don't know there's a few sure um but um but yes this album you know probably quite likely to do with the collaboration uh mark lanigan had with queens of the stone age on rated r and songs for the death he also opens lullabies to paralyze as well he does, yeah um and and consequently, it is one of the best songs on the album. It's all downhill from there on. Pretty <laughs> uh, much that album. It's, it's a nice, it's an interesting. It's an interesting album. I'd like to do that on writers' mm, review one day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 up and down that record definitely. Um, but but it starts brilliantly with yeah. this lullaby, which is uh, you know a minute and a half. But it's just Mark Lanigan going. It's brilliant. What I have noticed, and I think this album is kind of the bullseye for it is that musicians i almost feel like musicians they don't just take a back seat when mark lanigan's in the studio to mark lanigan they almost put their instruments down which mm. lends more kind of credence to the idea that mark lanigan just himself his voice alone is enough to make music yep. because i mean you mentioned when your number isn't up that has very 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 sparse instrumentation instrumentation yep. i mean it almost sounds like a bloody soundcloud rappers track at, at this point in in because there's nothing to it do you know what i mean it's just like just a t -t 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 yeah it's the comparison pains me but i understand what you're saying yeah, i'm yes, being yes, flippant yes. obviously yeah, yeah, but yeah. do you know what i mean <clears throat> and then um a song like strange religion which is oh strange religion. amazing amazing like an amazing vocal performance mm. and has got pretty much i mean as I sit here thinking about it now, I can't even remember what the music on it sounds like because I'm not even sure there is any. It's just 
a chord occasionally, it, it, isn't it? It's it's like, it's on a Hammond organ, isn't it? I think it's just an organ, mm. and it's very very much in the background. Yeah. Um, and there are a few songs on this album which brilliantly showcase his voice. Um, another one I would say is Morning Glory Wine, yeah, which is just phenomenal. Um, like I didn't know. <laughs> I actually wanted to look up what Morning Glory Wine was. Um, and it is actually a type of wine made from morning glory flowers. Um, but also, you know, it, it has all sorts of connotations, I suppose, if you think about it. But like th- th- those songs in particular, those three tracks that we just pointed out are just such brilliant showcases for this incredible, raw, emotional voice. And yeah, like you say, when you try and think of the music on them, the music itself isn't very memorable. It's all about him. Mm. But then there are, you know, for want of a better word, uh, rage is probably isn't the right term. But there are there are songs which feel more like songs in terms of like hit the city, yeah, like hit the city, methamphetamine, methamphetamine blues, blues is yeah. a wicked song as yeah. well. Um, that was actually on the previous EP, okay, um, originally, um, which I think was called methamphetamine blues. But he brought it back for this Me- one. Methamphetamine blues is is like. That is, you know, that that sounds like a single to me. It's got his voice is again. It, I, he uses his voice in a really different way, and it's really fuzzed up. It's almost sung through like um, some sort of, sort of distortion pedal. And I think it is. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, it must be <coughs> do some sort of distortion pedal. And it's just, it just sounds so fucking. It just sounds so mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Like he sounds so cool, and you, you know, you like. I'd forgotten after Scraps of Midnight. I think Scraps of Midnight is a much more sedate record. And then you, you know, I, I'd heard bits and bobs from Mark Lanigan. You know, obviously the stuff he was doing with uh, Queens of Stone Age. I mean, you mentioned this lullaby, which again is very, very somber, and he usually does do those parts. So I was a bit like when I saw this record, I kind of I I bought it without hearing it. I actually bought it in um, in in a fop in. Uh, in London, when record stores are still a thing, oh, and I, I saw it, I think it was like, you know, you used to get like CDs like three quid in there. Yeah, it was around a time when CDs were three quid. I think this has been out like a year, a year and a half or something. So I didn't mm-hmm. get it straight away, and I just saw it was cheap, and I was like, oh, the dude from Screaming Trees, and I didn't care much for his. And you know, there are some people who you care about their solo material after they've left the band that you care about, and there are some people where you go. I really like the band you're in. You've gone solo. It's a bit different. Ain't that fast? Yeah. Like I can live. Yep. You know, we we were just just literally talking about the new Perry Farrell album, yep. and you and I both went. Well, do you know what? We'd never bothered listening to Perry Farrell solo material before yep. because even though we had we, no idea what it was going to sound like. Even though we both love James Addiction, I both really love James Pirates. Addiction and Pirates. Pirates. Um, Mark Lanigan. There was a chance for me after hearing Scraps at Midnight, that Mark Lanigan could have become one of those people. And mm-hmm. I have to say, I am... I'd never spent a better three pounds than I spent on this record. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, it, 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 you know, like Mark Lanigan went from being a guy who was a really good vocalist in a band that I love, who, you know, who I, I thought was an incredible vocalist in a band that I love, yeah. to being, like I say, now one of my, my like, favourite vocalists ever. I definitely think you can appreciate his vocals <laughs> more on his solo <laughs> material than the Screaming Trees stuff. Not, I mean, he, he mm. sounds great with the Screaming Trees stuff, but I guess because there's it's so mixed, much... It's mixed, so everything's... Yeah, yeah, it's mixed, so everything's, like, on the same level. And there mm. are, you know, 
on on a lot of his solo records to be honest but particularly on this one there are a lot of tracks where they go okay this is what we're gonna we're just gonna focus on your voice and that's it you know and why wouldn't you well yeah quite with a voice like that you'd be kind of mad not to in a way um i i really like this album a lot you've kind of already revealed that this is your favorite solo mark lanagan album yeah it is and i would say it's up there for me it's probably my second or third um but i always wanted to i i i've always had a soft spot for this record called whiskey for the holy ghost that he did which is kind of i can't remember when it was but it was early 90s i think um, yeah that was the sort of that was while screaming trees was still yeah they were still a band yeah. a band he yeah. did a few whilst they were still a band mm. including one called the winding sheet which was produced by Kurt Cobain no I'm getting confused the screaming trees uncle Anastasia was produced by Kirk that was produced by Chris Cornell yeah fucking hell okay let's do that again <laughs> the winding sheet has Kurt Cobain on it um doing like backing vocals and a few guitar bits and stuff like that mm-hmm. But that's also where Kurt Cobain, I think it's where he first heard um, the Lead Belly cover of Where Will You Sleep Last Night. There's a version of Mark Lanigan does Where Where Will You Sleep Last Night on the winding sheet, which I think came out in 1989. Is it 1990? Okay. So this is Kurt Cobain pre-Nevermind. Yes. yes. So he's not a big... No, Rockstar not a big deal point. at all. Like Bleach has come out and, mm. you know, even though everyone says, oh, I got Bleach when it came out, about you, you four didn't. people got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so that's where he, I think that's where he heard uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night for the first time. And obviously that version on MTV Unplugged, the mm. is, is, you know, phenomenal. Um, but Mark Lanigan, I don't like, I feel like every single one of his solo albums, he's got quite a few now. He's got a good, oh, nine, ten? Yeah, um, I mean, just as Mark Lanigan, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. As Mark Lanigan, which obviously doesn't count Mark Lanigan and Duke Garwood, Mark Lanigan Band, Mark Lanigan and Isabel Campbell. Mm -hmm. Off the top of my head, I I couldn't tell you exactly how many albums he has in his entire discography. But it's a lot. We should say that this is technically a Mark Lanigan band album. Mm. Um, I, d- I, d- I never really understood the difference. I don't know the difference either. Um, and I always kind of count Mark Lanigan band as Mark Lanigan solo yeah, as well. I, do. Um, I think I just have actually. Yeah. Because I think Scraps of Midnight is definitely a Mark Lanigan band. Yeah, I think you're right actually. I thought this was just Mark Lanigan. No, it is Mark Lanigan band. Definitely is. It? is. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and I think every single one of his records has something to recommend about it. Um, but they're all very, very different. I mean, he's released, there's one called Phantom Pain, which just sounds completely bizarre and has weird electronic stuff yeah. on it and things like that. There's an amazing covers album he did called Imitations, mm-hmm. which has him doing like Mac the Knife on it. And if you know Mark Lanigan's voice and you know that song, Mac yeah. the Knife, and you're, like you're, you've you probably already stopped this podcast so you can go <laughs> onto YouTube to listen to it. And, mm. and it is brilliant, you know. Um but it seems like whatever he turns his hand to, he is excellent. Mm. Um, I do have a couple of minor issues with this album, though. Is it too? Is too long? One it's too long. Fifteen <laughs> <laughs> tracks does feel like it's quite long. But to be honest with you, mate, 
if it had stayed, like when, I remember getting it and, and hearing when your number isn't up and being like, this is really cool. I'm not sure I want 15 tracks of it. Mm. But because Hit the City, Wedding Dress, Methamphetamine Blues comes straight in afterwards. It's I'm very like, eclectic. Ah. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, you know, when I say it's my favourite, it is because I think I just want to spend all my time with this Chris Goss produced Mark Lanning. I mean, th- th- this, like you say, it feels like a Desert Session album and it, you know, with the amount really of different people that are on it, I just, this could be a double album. This could be t- like, this could be twice as long and Ooh. I don't think they'd run out of material. I don't think he'd run out of ideas. I don't think his voice would stop sounding, you know, fascinating and beguiling and... I don't yeah. think he'd run out of people who want to collaborate with him <laughs> if he did a 10, 10 CD album, if that's even possible. <laughs> no, but I do um, honestly think you could, you know, yeah. This album is uh, an eclectic jam of lots of different people and lots of different ideas kind of thrown together. And it's it's not necessarily the most cohesive album because of that Mm. but i think actually because of its length uh it's kind of part of its charm i to be honest when when i say it's too long i mean i was going to go and say i only actually think it's like two songs too long Mm. like 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 i think it's about five minutes too long what would you take out of that yeah that's a that's a harder question i mean this is the thing is that i don't know what i'd take out of this um, well, do I you know, do know. I do know that I wouldn't take anything out of it. Do you, you're, you're probably going to not be happy about this because it's probably the heaviest song on the album. Mm-hmm. But I don't dislike the song, and I think it would have been fucking excellent as a B-side. Mm-hmm. But Death Valley Blues always feels like it kind of shakes me out of the general mood of the album as a whole. Okay. While whilst it is a very eclectic album and mm-hmm. it goes to lots of different places. Death Valley Blues feels like it goes too far into a sort of heavier, um, punk's not right, but heavier direction. Yeah. It's, um, more abra- it's the most abrasive. Thing it's the most abrasive song yeah. on the album. It's track 14 out of 15. Mm. Um, I, I really like the song, but it doesn't sound right on this record. Uh, I've never thought that. I okay. think it's quite a nice energizer right towards the end of the album is how i've always looked at it i'm clutching at straws slightly because you've asked me what songs i'd actually take off and that's quite hard but um yeah i don't know (laughs) uh yes come to me come to me no no actually i like that uh (laughs) no i don't know i don't know I, i wouldn't i wouldn't change i honestly i wouldn't change it at all I really, really wouldn't. I think it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and I think, it's, you know, like, if... if I, I thought when this came out, like, if, if Mark Lanigan is ever going to be someone like... like to me, you say, like, oh, Mark Lanigan's not a chart artist or whatever. Tom Waits gets in the chart. Nick Cave gets True. in the chart. True. Mark Lanigan is not a million miles away from those artists. In but fact, I, he's not even a million miles away. He's very, very close to those artists. I'll, I, I'll stop short of saying that he is of the same level of mad genius that those two guys are but Mm. you know i don't think he's of the same standard of nick cave when you look at no not his entire discography no no i think i think i think at his best he reaches that level but i don't think he's as consistent Mm. but you have said yourself there's that whole thing of 
just because I <laughs> like a band doesn't mean I'm going to like their solo material. Mm. And I think, you know, the thing that made you check out this record is, oh, it's three pounds in FOP. I may as well. I, 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 I can't remember what made me check out Mark Lanigan's solo, but I do know that I've bought most of his back catalogue from FOP when it's been three or five pounds or something like that. Cause yeah. it's, cause you know, you feel like you can take more of a risk mm. than, um, and yeah, it's a risk absolutely worth taking, but mm. uh, maybe a lot of people just didn't bother to take that risk because they, you know, they thought, yeah, maybe it's it's not it's not going to be as good. But it's quite, yeah, maybe. But it's quite interesting that you know the stuff he did with Is- Isabel Campbell ended up being actually critically, you know, sort of mainstream, quite yeah. mainstream. Yeah, and I think you we've spoken before. Um, no, it wasn't me, myself and Matt Stocks. Spoken previously about, uh, I think we spoke about the um, podcast he did with Joe Cardamone from the Icarus Line. Mm. Joe Cardamone was supporting Mark Lanigan on tour, mm. and he said, "You know, Mark Lanigan's audience now is really Radio Two. Mm. It's really, you know, it's not a rock audience. It's not a kind of grunge audience. It's quite a mainstream, you know, folky sort of middle-aged audience at this mm. point." Um, Surely that's down to the collaboration with Isabel Campbell, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so I think he's just... Stuff like this, I'm not sure that they'd be that into this, and they probably certainly wouldn't be into Screaming Trees. You might be right. It, for my money, of all the stuff that Mark Campbell... Uh, Mark Campbell... Of all the stuff that Mark Lanigan's done, the Isabel Campbell and Mark Lanigan album collaboration albums are are my least favorite yeah i'm not that keen on it um and you would have thought that like on paper that sounds like an amazing collaboration a classic kind of beauty and the beast sort Mm. of collaboration and my my issue with it is they never it's almost as if they went well we don't want to do the obvious so we'll try and go away from that but the thing is if they did that like beautiful vocal vocal from Isabel and then Mark Lanigan just sort of being a devil over the top of it, it or underneath it or whatever it would have sounded amazing but they seem to murder ballad of, style I always yeah, imagined it would yeah. be like sort of PJ Harvey and Nick Cave like to bring Nick Cave back into it yeah 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 to exactly. be that that kind of thing which works so fucking brilliantly but they're surprisingly middle of the road those, mm, those albums yeah I, was, I mean he sounds good on it he sounds really of course he, it, he never doesn't yeah. but but um, and 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 I don't want to shit on those albums because I do actually think they're quite good. But but of all the stuff that he's done, it is probably my least favorite yeah. that that stuff. Um, there's a really good story about Bombed. Go do on. you know this story? No. Um, so this came out as a result of his 2017 book, "I Am the Wolf: uh, Lyrics and Writings." So, which is a book that I now really want to read. Yeah. Um, where he just goes through all his songs and explains how they came to be. Um, <laughs> and Bond, he does a co-vocal with his, uh, well, his wife at the time, Wendy Ray Fowler, and the book says, well. While many of the songs came from a place of dejection and innuai at the end of a temp- temptuous relationship, Bombed in particular came about when, uh, when after I had written and recorded it in just a few minutes, I put a microphone in front of Wendy Ray Fowler, my soon-to-be ex-wife, and had her sing along while simultaneously hearing it for the first time. I love the result as it reminded me of Royal Trucks, a band I liked. Um, and they 
that song is basically about breaking up and the relationship ending mm. and all that sort of thing. And they that relationship ended pretty soon after that song was written and recorded. Yeah. So you're almost hearing it kind of reality that is reality yeah. art imitating <laughs> yeah. life or life imitating art and that that in, that really interesting i mean i never knew that about that vocal i never knew that she was just listening to it for the first time and just sort of responding to it but once you know that and you listen back to it you can totally it's just like I of course really that's what it go is and listen to that now yeah. because that's yeah. going to be a whole new context i didn't know that and it's such a short little song as it's well, literally it? a minute and yeah, six seconds seconds yeah was, yeah um, um but I mean, that actually, that's before I knew that story, that's probably a song that I would have been like, oh, you could probably just take that off. But now yeah. that I know that, I'm like, all yeah. oh, right, you can't get rid I of actually, that. Really, I really like that, yeah. that song. It's frankly. cool. Um, but yeah, mate, uh, this album, I think this album's brilliant. I think Mark Lanigan is brilliant. Um, I am a little bit, I do feel like we are missing a trick by, we, we as a society are... Uh, painfully kind of um, underestimate and uh, underrate Mark Lanigan. And I feel like if ever there was a time when Mark Lanigan was going to become the sort of artist revered to the point where I think that he deserves to be revered, I do feel like Bubblegum was that album. And I do think that that's probably why it's my favourite. Um but it's also kind of a little bit frustrating because I really think, I really think it should have been bigger. I really think it should have been a, uh, you know, a, a smash. I think it deserves to be in terms of quality, although I'm not massively surprised it wasn't because I think, I, I do think it's a strange record. Yeah, but I felt like the cli- I just feel like with the people that were on it and the way that the world was, I just feel like the climate could have been really right for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely could have been. And you know, I was coming to it probably about a year, yeah, about a year, a year and a bit after it came out. Um, and once I heard it, I was like mad that I've not heard this before. Yeah, and he's not, you know, like he's not, he's not not famous, but he's also. You know, he's not he's not not famous and he's also pulled in a lot of people who are very, very definitely famous. Well, I was just I was just looking up um, the last shows Mark Lanigan played in London, because the only thing with you saying like the Screaming Trees end of their career at Astoria or Reading Alley Cat. um, He did Coco in December 2017. Yeah, which is that would have been the show with Joe Cardamone supporting him. Right. Um, oh, well, he did Coco a couple of times, actually, in that year. Oh. Um, he does Union Chapel, Electric Ballroom, Shepherd's Bush. Um, so Islington Assembly Hall. So in a sense, he's kind of now roughly, maybe a little bit lower, but roughly the size that Screaming Trees were when they split. Yeah. Um, although it feels like he's had to put out a lot of stuff to work up to that and probably yeah. the Isabel Campbell Association works and I mean every time he collaborates with someone else it's going to bring in new people surely mm-hmm. you would have thought and there's been so many of those collaborations now um, but yeah I mean we could all appreciate Mark Lanigan a lot more but then he's dark isn't he and a lot of people don't want to hear that oh no but one day we're going to have no 
Tom Waits are going to have no Nick Cave. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... going to have no Bruce Springsteen. He'd be a brilliant successor to all of those. have no Neil Young. And he could yep. be that guy. I just, you know, he should be, should be that guy. But I guess, I say it all the time, Renfrey, I guess that's the world we're living in these <laughs> days, isn't it? I do think he's darker than... Oh, hold on. He's I was about to say Tom Waits or Nick Cave. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's 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 yeah, considerably. I think he's on the him. same level as as Nick Cave and Tom Waits. Yeah, he's he's darker than Springsteen. He's darker than Springsteen. He's darker than, than Neil Young. Yeah, yeah Neil Young. Yeah, 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 that's fine. But you know, uh, anyway, there you go. Bubblegum, my favorite Mark Lanigan album. Probably my second favorite. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Have you you've uh, heard Whiskey for the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, I have. That's yeah. fucking great. Record. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, mm. I'm actually, I. See, this is something else I didn't say. For me, he gets he's one of those people who does actually get better with age. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he kind of peaked around this point, to be honest. But I think the Screaming Trees back catalogue gets better with every release. I think he then... I don't think this is as good. This isn't the best thing he's ever done. I still think Dust is the best thing he's ever done. Like, I just love that album completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a slight disagreement with Screaming Trees, but that's fine. Right. Not, yeah. not in terms of uh, loving them. We both love them. You but like Sweet Oblivion. Most. Sweet Oblivion's my favourite, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's fucking brilliant, but, you know. Which is on Riot's review as well. It is. We will be talking about that. We will. So if someone wants to appease Steve and put Dust on, feel free. Because right, I'll be we'll very talk ha- about Dust a lot when we do Sweet, Sweet Oblivion, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd be very happy to talk about that yeah. album. It's a great record. But, you know, he gets better with age, and, uh, and that is rare. And actually, the, the album we did last year with Duke um, Garwood. One of the best things he's fucking done. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, so, it's amazing. You know, he's still putting out top quality music. I would like to shout out. It was a while ago, <laughs> but the that Gutter Twins record, mm. which is his collaboration with uh, Greg Dooley from the, the Afghan, Afghan Wigs. Yeah, it's a good is album. Fucking brilliant. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right, cool. Anyway, thanks, Max, for your suggestion. If you want to make a suggestion, um, what you've paid some money, you get to do that. Unless you haven't, and then you should patreon.com forward slash very right, well said right, right act podcast uh we'll be back next time on this i mean we'll be we'll be back all over the time but uh all over the time all over the time we've been recording we'll be for quite a long time we have, now, yeah. guys. uh we'll be back um with another one of these soon we'll also be back with the weekly show and we've got plenty of stuff on this list here which i'm very very excited about us getting to talk about at some point absolutely um, so we're gonna do a whole bunch of them real soon and yeah it's good isn't it Renfrew? <laughs> Thanks for your support. Thank you. Bye. Bye.